0: Hey friends, I'm so, so thrilled to be bringing you season three of That's What She Did podcast. That's right, season three of this tiny little podcast that started out as a simple experiment. And here we are with season three. As is our tradition, we are launching during Women's History Month. And this season, I'm bringing you a theme that is unapologetic. Each episode is organized under the umbrella of unapologetic women. These are women unapologetically pursuing whatever lights their fire, both past and present. I'm bringing you stories of these incredible rabble rousers, truth tellers, and artists that are lighting fires all over the place, or that history books did not make the appropriate space for. The season is going to be such a good time, and I'm so happy that you're here with me. So buckle up, and let's get started. Hey friends! You're listening to episode one, season three of That's What She Did podcast. It also happens to be International Day of the Woman. So welcome and happy International Women's Day here on the podcast. It's also such a fitting day for me to shout out Brazil. Now, I don't know how it happened, but this show is getting tons of play in the great country of Brazil. I don't know who you are. I don't know how you found us. But ladies, welcome to the show. I'm so, so happy to have you here. Please keep listening, keep sharing, and connect with this show on Instagram. That's What She Did Podcast on the gram. That's where I like to hang out, and it's a simple way to stay in touch. So snap snap a shot of yourself listening to the podcast and tag That's What She Did Podcast so I can shout you out properly. Welcome back everyone to another episode of season three of that's what she did podcast this season in honor of women's history month we are gathering here with incredible women doing incredible things in the world under the theme of unapologetic these are women this season that are unapologetic in how they show up in the world, in the work that they do, and an impact they are having. And I'm so thrilled to have an incredible woman here on the show with you today. This is, I want to introduce Dr. Don Karima. How are you, doc?
1: I am very happy to be here. Thank you so much for your hospitality.
0: I'm so I'm just so happy that you uh, were able to make some time in your busy life and busy schedule as a mom. Um for listeners just context for you, um Dr. Don recently had a baby and so the little that little bundle of joy is somewhere in the room with her. So you might hear little <laughs> little giggles and little gasps and just, you know, We'll just enjoy it.
1: <laughs> oh, it's the most wonderful thing! My my baby's voice is my favorite sound in the entire world. He was born on New Year's Day, and it is just a wonderful way to start 2019.
0: It really is. Congratulations! <laughs> Thank you. So, Doctor Don, do us a favor and introduce yourself to the audience.
1: Okay, I would love to. Um, my name is Doctor Don Karima, and I'm a two-time Global Music Award winner. I'm the winner of a Native American Music Award and a two-time Indigenous Music Award nominee. I host an award-winning, internationally syndicated radio show and podcast called A Conversation with Don Karima. And all you have to do is Google that. Karima is K-A-R-I-M as in Mary A. And A Conversation with Don Karima will come up, and you can listen for free anytime you want to. Podcast, internet, radio. And uh, of course, we're syndicated on radio stations as well. And I'm a mom. What a wonderful thing to be a mother. It's a great honor that my son chose me to be his mother, and he is just making my life so very wonderful. I have a brand new book out that's dedicated to my son, and it was written in his honor and dedicated to him. And it's called Mother of Nations, and it comes from Uttered Chaos Press. And it's my first collection of poetry. I have novels out and I have nonfiction books out, but this is the first time I've had a full collection of poetry. And I wrote it when I was desiring a child as sort of a prayer to you know, put that out there. And he has manifested and it's dedicated to him. So it's called Mother of Nations and it's from Uttered Chaos Press. You can find it on Amazon, booksellers or the press itself.
0: That's beautiful. Thank you. So folks, um, I have not had a chance to pick up any of the books, but I did while I was traveling, since I had such a long flight, mm-hmm. listen to a little bit of a conversation with Dr. Karima. And it's very good. It's very good. So since you guys are podcast listeners and you listen to this show. I presume that you listen to other shows.
2: You should check it out. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right. Thank you. A conversation with Don Karima. We have such wonderful people who are making a difference in their lives and in their areas. And our show started just as a labor of love because my day job was in, you know, just mainstream television. Broadcasting mm-hmm. and radio broadcasting. And one day I was watching the news and I had worked on a segment and I was so pleased that I'd been part of producing this segment. And I was watching it with my grandma. And she watched it and she was, you know, okay. And then she said, you know, there's a lot more good people in the world than bad. Mm-hmm. Just get more publicity. Mm-hmm. Right then and there, it went off in my spirit that not on my show. And so we began the work of starting the show and, you know, it was truly a labor of love and we called in favors and friends and all kinds of things with the hope of spotlighting positive people, especially multicultural and indigenous people who are doing things to transform their world and change their communities for the better. And in the beginning, it was just sort of, you know, <laughs> we think we can, we think we can. <laughs> you know? right. now, now the awards have been coming and we were nominated for a Women of Essence Global Award and a Rare Life Award. We won a Spread Love Award. We we're nominated for an Indigenous Music Award for a Best Radio Program. And we just see now the funders and the sponsors that we thank them for sticking with us from the beginning.
2: <laughs> right. <laughs> and,
1: until now, right? And it is our desire to spotlight the positive people, the uplifting people, the people that are doing something that is contributing to the world around us. So, a conversation with Don Karima, you can Google that. It'll come right up, and you will love what our guests have to say,
0: yes, yeah, so um Dr. Don, when we were chatting prior to getting together to record this episode. Um, you told me an incredible story about someone that had called in to your radio show. Um, and I think while we're having this conversation around impact, what is the impact that you're having in the world? What do you hope to have in the world? This story really stuck with me. And um, I'd love it if you would share that story about the, I believe you say it was a young man um, who was really struggling.
1: Mm. Um, yes, and, we have so many life-changing stories that come mm-hmm. out and I think that is the confirmation sometimes for all of us. We all need to remember that our lives are, are important. Someone is always watching your life.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, even if you think, well, I don't, I'm not on the radio or I don't have a podcast or I'm not on the cover of magazines or I don't have any books out. Well, you know what, <laughs> whatever you're doing, somebody is always watching your life. hmm and we were going through a, a portion of a, a getting started and, you know, adding stations and trying to make things work because this show was something that we all got behind kind of and just did it, you know, and it's very different when you do it yourself versus the work we did in our day jobs at the right. network,
2: things like mm-hmm. that.
1: And we really were on the verge of just kind of giving up almost, just not giving up, but just sort of like, is this even working? Is this even worth it? You know, and... Mm-hmm. Um, we had a, a show come on and we had a show that was great. It was with, uh, Nightshield uh, Night Shield, who is on my CD, The Desire of Nations and on my other CD too, The Stars of Heaven. And just all of a sudden he just broke out of the interview we were having, which was about music and hip hop and all that. And he suddenly just said, you know, if you're thinking about dropping out of high school or you're thinking about killing yourself or you're thinking about doing anything dumb like that. We need you. That's selfish and it's stupid and we need you. We have things we need you to do. And mm-hmm. it jarred me because that was not the direction the conversation was taking. We were actually talking about music.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I even talked to the engineer the engineer said, do you want me to edit that out? Cause that seems so random. And I thought, no, because God is in the details. And so, you know, we don't know why things happen until we know why things happened.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And later on, we got a communication from a young man who was living on a reservation. I won't give too many details, but he was just having a very hard time in life. And he was going to drop out of high school. (laughs) And he was actually thinking about hanging himself.
2: Mm.
1: And, but he really loved this artist and this artist's music. And so we thought, well, he wouldn't hang himself to after he listened to this interview with this artist that he really liked and enjoyed. Wow. And in the middle of the interview, this artist who had an impact in his life and meant something to him literally had a prophetic moment and called him out and said, don't do any of this stuff you're thinking about. It gets better. We need you. You have work to do. We have a purpose for you. Don't do it. And I remember when we were all sitting in the room reviewing this, you know, it changed everything. Somebody is watching your life, not just mine, not just yours, every one of our friends that's listening to us. Somebody is listening to you. They're watching you. They're making decisions. (laughs) And that's not to pressure you because there's no pressure in it. Because if you're in that position, you're in that position because the spirit is guiding you into that position to be of help and service to that person. You know, Mm -hmm. the artist didn't hurt himself by making that remark. He just made it and went back to the show. Mm -hmm. But it changed that young man's life. It saved his life at that moment. Mm -hmm. And so when we think about why we do what we do, I think it's so important, all of us, I'm not just. You know, this is all of us. (laughs) We all have to remember that uh, it's about others. It's about others, really. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. And we remember that our lives are not just about us and what we want and what we can get and what we can do and us being selfish and all of that. And we remember that our lives are here to be a blessing to others. Sometimes those others are the animal people. Sometimes the others are the environment. Sometimes the others are uh, people we don't know. Sometimes they're people we do know and we do know them really well.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I think we have to remember that we have to keep that in mind as we do what we do. And then we'll see it differently. We'll see purpose and destiny in it. We'll see rewards in it. We'll see blessings in it. We'll, we'll see it as an honor to, when we struggle a little bit or uh, we'll be humbled by the impact that we have. And I think that's where the real reward is.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a beautiful story. And um, I appreciate the takeaway from that. You never know who's watching. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I guess just do your best to walk in your purpose.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. It'll help you be more forgiving of yourself as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's redemptive value in your life, your whole life, even your what you look at and regret, what you look at and think are mistakes may still be lessons to someone else. And there's a redemptive quality. I I had the honor of going to church with a man who had survived one of the World War II death marches, you know. Mm. And I can't imagine what a difficult scenario that must have been for him. And he didn't really talk about it. In fact, he didn't talk much at all. He was an elder and he was very, you know, Kind of gruff, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I got up the nerve one day to ask him because I just want to know. I mean, if you want to know how to be successful, talk to successful people, right? Mm-hmm. And so I thought, well, he's been through something that was a real tragedy, and he made it out on the other side, and here he is, an elder with a wife, a family. You know, he went on to have a productive life, so I better find out what he knows. And I asked him if I could ask him a question. He said yes, and I said, well, sir, uh, I, I just wondered. You know, my granddaddy is a world, well, both of my grandfathers are World War II combat veterans. My daddy is a a Vietnam decorated war hero, combat veteran. And I just wondered, how did you survive Mm -hmm. a death march? Something that was literally meant to kill you. And I thought he was going to say something like, I had great faith. I prayed a lot. Or maybe he was going to say, I was highly trained Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I had all the skills necessary to do that or or I was very brave and courageous or maybe I was just stoic and it didn't even bother me one bit. He looked right at me. He said, young lady, I lowered my standards. Mm. Mm. (laughs) "Mm, mm." And then the bell started ringing for church and Mm -hmm. uh, we all had to go in to church and, and I, I didn't get to ask clarifying questions, but that's all right because time and chance has a way of clarifying things like that for you. And, I get it now. And I'm not talking about don't do your best. That's not what I mean. I'm not talking about, oh, give up or, or don't do what you can do. I don't mean it like that. Mm -hmm. Sometimes in some situations you have to choose your battles so you can win the war. You know, that's one of the things being the mother of a newborn. I'm not saying I'm not lowering my standards for my son, but sometimes I'm changing them a little bit for me Mm -hmm. next I have, you know, I mean, I tell people, if you want to see what I, my glamour days, thank God there are pictures. <laughs> you can go look at them, you know, and, uh, cause this might not be my finest hour fashion wise, but boy, am I going to do right by my side.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think sometimes when we get in these situations of our lives, we have to remember that we're harder on ourselves sometimes than other people are on us. Other people are looking at your life and what you consider average and ordinary, they consider extraordinary. Mm -hmm. They would love to do this. And I was thinking about uh, a dear friend of mine, and she and her husband had very heartbreaking circumstances, and they won't be able to have any children. And I was changing my son's diaper one day, and tears came into my eyes, and I thought, I get to do this. Mm -hmm. This is an honor. Some people pay thousands of dollars and travel all over the world and do all kinds of technical procedures and all kinds of things because they want to do what I get to do right now. And I think when we take our perspective and we, we go back to our friend who said lower your standards, we're not really lowering them to, you know, lack of hygiene or putting dangerous situations. We're saying mercy. We can give ourselves the mercy that we give other people. We can yeah. give ourselves grace sometimes, that we would just, technical difficulties happen. Sometimes we, we don't feel perfect. We don't always, and as women, we don't always look perfect either.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, I think we have to start thinking about that when we think about what we're doing. If we, if we keep our eyes on the fact that we're doing it to help and bless other people, then those other things won't be quite as important.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think it's a, a way of saying like what I like to say with women I work with is um I tell them meet yourself where you are.
1: Yeah. Uh, please do.
0: Yeah, I think it's just another way of saying that and it's it's important to have high expectations for yourself I think so that you have something to dream for and something to aspire to to. But that doesn't happen on day 1. <laughs> you know. No, right.
1: Right. And you know, sometimes even those high expectations, I mean, I'm a Harvard graduate,
2: you know, mm-hmm.
1: I have a PhD, I, I'm kind of an overachiever, you know, I know that about myself. I mean, I was writing a book and dedicating it to my son while other people were at Lama's class, you know,
2: mm-hmm. and,
1: um, you know, even when we were on our way into the delivery room, I was like, just one minute. <laughs> 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 let
0: me finish this, this page.
1: <laughs> no, just one minute because uh, I have, you know, so I was getting like the last draft to the editor <laughs> and uh, and then a friend of mine called and they had a podcast guest cancel and they didn't know that I was having a baby. And I was like, all right, just a minute. Yeah, I can do it. And so <laughs> they're like, okay, you've had a contraction. I'm like, yeah, okay, just a minute. So anyway, let me tell you the story for your podcast. And I actually did get it done. And I thought to myself, well, that's great but I don't think that'll be happening all the time. And I think that's the mercy of it. We know to have high expectations and achieve highly. We want to do that. But when we can't do it, when we do something differently, maybe than we expected, maybe the results are not what we thought they should be. That doesn't mean they're not what they should be.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: It just means that we just have to examine our expectations or take what we have and make the most of it. And I think that's something that we always have to do. Forgive ourselves. That's what it is. Not that we've done anything wrong, but just that sometimes we have to show ourselves a little grace. Yeah, definitely.
0: Agreed. Um, I still think you're a nut for doing a podcast interview while you're (laughs) (laughs) in.
1: Well, I I probably that that may be true, but I think that maybe somebody needed to hear what I had to say at that moment. You know, maybe
0: probably. Was-
1: but like, thank you for changing my life. Now you can go have a
0: child. <laughs> if there's any moment in your entire life where you have the right to say, "Listen, I'm busy."
1: <laughs> right, I know, and it didn't even occur to me. It didn't even occur to me. Like I should have said, you know what? I, I'm in labor and delivery. You yeah. <laughs> And I think it was that somebody I knew and cared about needed help and I knew I could help them. I knew I had five to eight minutes to help them. I knew I could do it and I knew I could, and it was okay. And so maybe that's what it is. Maybe that, you know, sometimes our love for our friends kicks in.
2: <laughs> and
1: we, you know, we get something done miraculously anyway. And then even if we don't, even if we need to say no, we have to trust that that's part of the, the plan too. Mm-hmm. Like that now, now I'm saying a lot of no's, right? Because I have a newborn and quite frankly, I don't want to do a lot of stuff. I don't. There's stuff people ask me to do and I'm like, I could sit here and spend time with my miracle baby or I could go do this, which I'm not that enthused about.
2: Mm-hmm. I vote baby. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, even when we say no, we have to trust that, that, uh, God, however you understand that the creator has it covered. We don't have to save the whole world. We can leave some for somebody else to do, too. Mm -hmm. So we have to also have that balance and that freedom to know that sometimes what we don't say or what we don't do impacts people's lives favorably as well.
0: Mm -hmm. Dr. Don, what do you see as or how would you describe your purpose?
1: Hmm. I'm so glad you asked that question. <laughs> no, I'm really glad you asked that question because I think there's a lot of emphasis on that. You know, people go to classes, they, I get to speak all over the world. I, mm-hmm. I what I do mostly now, I, I do lots of speaking engagements and that's my favorite thing to do. People know me for singing and my music is on the iTunes and Amazon and I'm so grateful for it. But really at this stage of my life, I go and, you know, speak to corporations and organizations and groups and, Conferences and schools, and I love it. And that's the number one question I get.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, it's probably n- number two. Number one is, What should I do? That's probably number one. And number two is, What's my purpose? What's my destiny?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I tell people that I, I feel that struggle because people read books about this. Yeah. Know your purpose, get your purpose. You might be on the wrong purpose. You're doomed if you don't find your purpose. Find your purpose, hurry up. <laughs> You're running out of time. And people are panicked about this or they feel like they're lost or they're not making it through life, right? Because they don't know exactly what their purpose is with a capital P. And I was thinking about when I I became a woman, there were certain ceremonies and things like that that took place in my life. And one of the things I was supposed to do was fast and pray and hear from the creator about my destiny, my purpose. What was I supposed to do? Now, you know, if you're gonna live to be 120, right and you're 12 or 13 that's a long time to have to walk in whatever purpose you end up with right? yeah and i prayed about it i i fasted about it i was very dutiful about it the elders helped me i was grateful but You know, I had friends that got that they were supposed to single-handedly revive tribal languages or they believed that they were being told to make ribbon skirts and distribute them. And there were people who thought they should save the water and the environment. And those were all such noble, wonderful directions to go. And what I got was love God and love others. Mm -hmm. And At first that sounded so, you know, like I told people and they were
0: like, oh, that's nice. (laughs) <laughs> it, it doesn't sound very actionable, right? No, like like clean the water sounds, oh, happy, I, I get that.
1: <laughs> happy Valentine's Day. That's kind of what it sounds like. A Valentine's right. Love God, love others. Like, oh, well, that's good. And I kind of felt like, but how? But what? But what? 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 You know, I, I wanted the checklist. Well, what I've come to realize is that That takes on different forms at different seasons in your life. God doesn't wear a watch. He doesn't check a calendar, but He does regard seasons. There are seasons. And so sometimes loving the Creator and loving people for me looks like writing a song and singing it and putting the music out there for people to hear and be comforted in a tough time or uplifted in a joyous time. Sometimes loving the Creator and loving people. Looks like going to where they are and speaking to them and encouraging them and exhorting them in a motivational speech. And sometimes, um, "Loving the Creator, loving people" is my show, a conversation with Don Karima, where we have a conversation and somebody says something that saves somebody's life, literally or figuratively. And sometimes, "Love the Creator and "Love other people" looks like um, I wrote a book. Mm-hmm. so that other people can curl up with it in a cup of tea and, and think about it and reflect on it and, and, and be encouraged by it. And then sometimes loving the Creator and, and loving other people looks like changing my son's diaper
2: mm-hmm.
1: or getting up in the middle of the night and telling him how much I love him and feeding him when normally I would be sound asleep. And so what I see with that, with my purpose, is that it, it, it all is the same thing, though. It's just different ways of expressing that purpose. My purpose is to let you know that you are loved. You're loved. I I don't have to know you. I don't have to know anything about you. All I know is that if the creator loves you, then you're loved. And to send that message in every available way that my gifts and talents will allow me to do so. And so when I think about my purpose and I think about what I'm supposed to do, that's it. And it takes on different forms. It takes on different seasons. It takes on different ways of doing and being, but it's always the same love of God and love others.
0: It's mm, beautiful. What would your advice be to someone who is looking for their purpose or they feel that anxiousness? Around it. You know, with this podcast, it's something that comes up quite a lot when I'm talking to people offline. They're asking me about the podcast and they ask me a lot about purpose as well. Um, so I'd be really interested to hear how you answer the question when someone is looking for some guidance on how to find theirs or how to be maybe less anxious about it.
1: Mm, okay. Well, the first thing is that in tribal communities, I don't know that we have the luxury of spending a lot of time trying to figure out our purpose before we have to do something.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so one of the things I tell people is just start by serving. Be helpful. Um, look, and, and those opportunities will arise wherever you are, in the workplace, in your family, you know, and your gifts and talents will start to emerge. If you start by thinking, I will be of service. I will be helpful and kind to people. I will help other people. You'll be surprised how many opportunities will arise to do that, and then they'll help you refine your gifts.
2: Mm. When
1: I decided to help people, when I decided to be useful, which in most tribal cultures, that's what happens. Children begin doing things alongside adults. So if you are a young lady, you're going to start helping with things. Helping with the singing, helping with the sewing, helping with the cooking, helping with taking care of children, helping with, you know, wisdom that you might have in a situation. And you get to watch the elders do it and you get to watch the role models do it. And as you do it, then your gifts start emerging. Like every time I went to a ceremony or every time I went to a church service, people asked me to sing. Now. That is because they were recognizing a gift and I'm just a little girl, but people say, you know what? We'd like to hear a little, little Dawn sing. and I'd get up and sing. and then pretty soon everybody started realizing, Oh wow, this is something this child can do. And then it became something that I do. And so I think when people come to me and they ask me that, one of the things I ask is what are you doing to help other people? What are you doing to be a blessing? Because a lot of things happen to us on the way. If we just sit in our house and wait to find out who we are and how to be perfect at it, we'll never get anything done. Mm -hmm. But if we just jump in there, and I'm not talking about, you know, crazy stuff. I'm just saying, you know, perhaps you'll find out, wow, I started to identify things I like doing, things I'm good at doing, things that, and they keep repeating themselves. That's the thing. I mean, a lot of people come to me and they say they've written a book. And I said, but have you ever published one? And that should be the key. If you're a really great writer, at some point, some publisher, some, some situation should arise for you to actually have a book out.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So is this working for you? Is it, is, it coming? is it something people are asking you to do? You know, if every time it's Thanksgiving, people say, oh, I hope you bring a pie. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: Maybe you have a gift. You know, people don't say that to me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They don't say it to me either.
1: (laughs) Please Please say some song. Please say the prayer for us. (laughs) But, uh, you know, but maybe that's it. And I went to a women's conference and I'm thinking about this because there's somebody out there that probably is just like, I don't know what to do. I wish I did. But I went to a women's conference one time and it was about discovering your spiritual gifts, your spiritual purpose, your spiritual everything. And they had this whole list of inventory that you should do and you should check these boxes. And if you did them and they added up this way, then you could find your spiritual gift. And it didn't really work for me, though, because it just didn't work. There was nothing that really identified what I do. And my pastor's wife, my grandma, Patsy, she said, well, I don't know about all these boxes and lines and numbers, but I know one thing. She said, I always feel better when you walk in the room. Hmm. the other lady said me too like no matter how bad I feel when I see you smile at me I, I'm happy I feel better or if there's a tragedy or a problem something's going on you walk in I think it'll be all right it's going to be all right I don't know why I said I don't know why either <laughs> just because I show up doesn't mean I know what we should do <laughs> I put a disclaimer on that um, but that, that wasn't what they meant they meant just the, pre- the presence that I had helped them feel better. And they said, you're an encourager. You encourage people. You might not be able to solve the problem, but you can give them some, some hope in it. Wow. I said, I love it. I love it. And so as you're serving, let's not be too hung up on putting a label on it. You know, this is my purpose. I do this. Because seasons change too. You know, I, I, I really don't think that the same season that you have at 16 is the season you're going to have at 65. So you may, your gifts and cha- talents may change. And so I just want to say that if you're in that space right now, start by serving, look for who you can help, look for where you can be helpful. Maybe you really like dogs and cats. Well, volunteer at the animal shelter. And then maybe you'll be like a cousin of mine who did that in her teenage years and end up being a veterinarian. I don't know.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: You know, offer to help people who are doing things that you think you'd like to do. Um, You know, I started off interning. I started off helping people. I didn't start off, you know, center stage. I started off opening for other people. I sang before the big acts came on. And so I think sometimes we have to start and do things in steps. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: But the other part of finding your purpose is this listen make adjustments be flexible there was a time when i sang all the time concerts um, music performances people brought me in to sing and then i noticed when it started shifting like people started asking me to speak well just say a few words to the people and i noticed the response And I noticed when the shift started happening to where people said, do you think you can come talk to our corporation? We're having our corporate board meeting. Do you think you can come talk to us? And there was no singing at all. And I could have missed that season of my purpose by saying, well, you know, I have to sing. Mm -hmm. Well, we don't want to hear any singing at our corporation. We want you to tell us something. Mm -hmm. And so when you're looking for your, don't get rigidly wedded to something, a high school occupational or vocational assessment, or, you know, what you majored in in college, seasons change. And so be prepared that you may have to change with them. This season of my life is going to be very different um, than the seasons before it. I already know that because I have a newborn, but it's Mm -hmm. the best season. It's the season I like best so far.
0: (laughs) But obviously. Really great advice.
1: (laughs) You you know, I don't know. I don't give advice. I really don't. I don't give advice. All I do is tell you that I love you. I believe in you. This is what I feel in my heart. And I trust you to make the right choices.
0: Wonderful. It's beautiful. Thank you for that. Um, Dr. Don. tell us again the title of your book and where our folks can find it.
1: This new book is called Mother of Nations, and it's exciting because it's all poetry. You know, my no, I have novels out. The Way We Make Sense was a finalist for the Native American First Book Award and the uh, Marriage of Saints, which is published by the University of Oklahoma's American Indian Studies series. That was a finalist for the New Mexico Book Award. But those are novels. And then I have nonfiction books. Children learn what they read about multiculturalism and spirituality, and that was co-authored with my mom. And you haven't lived till you've written a book with your mother, I'm telling you. (laughs) It's it's a great adventure. You'll find out so much about your mother that you just didn't know. And she'll find out a lot about you too. And I also have a book on Kindle called What to Do When You Don't Know What to Do. Mm -hmm. And that is just you know, if you know what to do, well, praise God, but there will be at least one situation in your life I'm pretty sure where you won't know what to do, and that book literally walks you through that, guided meditations and wise counsel, and you know, read it before you get in trouble. <laughs> you know, that would be my advice, though, don't wait. but if you are in trouble, it's it's there, and you can read it. And so this new book, Mother of Nations, is all poetry, and I wrote it as literally a prayer to manifest um, children. I wanted to be a mother. And I had been in ceremony, um, our green corn ceremony, which is like our new year. And one of our leaders came to me and he changed my name. And I liked my name. I liked the name, the tribal name that I had before. I thought it was beautiful. I liked it a lot, but he changed my name to mother of many warriors, mother of nations. Mm. And at that time I had no children. (laughs) And doctors were telling me that I probably wouldn't ever be able to have any children. And he gave me a beautiful amulet that was carved and it had a a picture of a young woman that was supposed to be me holding a little baby in a blue blanket. And I had this amulet like a touchstone. I mean, I I wore it. I slept with it. I walked around with it. And every time somebody said, hi, who are you? I had to answer, hi, I'm mother of nations. And people would say, oh, really? Do you have children? No. And they'd look at you know but I kept saying it I kept saying it right I kept other people said it to me good morning mother of nations good morning <laughs> and then people try to explain it sometimes when you're not getting a miracle people will try to explain it away right like well maybe you're just everybody's mother maybe you're just really wise and you help all kind of people I thought oh no <laughs> I mean <laughs> that's not really what I wanted to do we we really want children mm-hmm. And so Mother of Nations, finally, I said, okay, all right, I'm going to go all in. Mm. If God's going to call me Mother of Nations, then I'm going to be Mother of Nations, right? And I wrote a book of poetry called Mother of Nations. And I dedicated it to my children, of which at the time I had none, (laughs) right? (laughs) I I still feel like I need to say that because there's somebody who needs to hear that. There's somebody who needs to hear that. That's a miracle. Never looks like a miracle. It looks like a mess. It looks like a bad doctor's diagnosis. People always say they want a miracle, but to get a miracle, you usually have to be in a pretty bad state of affairs. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And so I wrote a book called mother of nations and even the publisher said, Oh, that's great. How many children do you have? (laughs) (laughs) And so, you know, I, I, I'm like, Oh, that's okay. So, so I turn in the manuscript to the publisher I have now uttered chaos for us. And they accept it. And we're going forward with it. And guess who's got happy news from the doctor.
2: Mm.
1: And it was literally published in January. And my son was born on New Year's Day. Wow. (laughs) And so I just amazing it is. It really is. And I can't even take credit for that. That that all goes to the, the creator. And I just wanted to tell that backstory because there's, among women, there's somebody who needs to hear that.
2: Mm -hmm. They have
1: a dream. They have a wish. They have a prayer. They have a desire in their heart. And it doesn't look like it's going to come to pass. And and you even look crazy when you talk about it. Even your husband sort of is kind of like, oh, uh yeah. Or maybe your family's kind of like, oh, well, yeah, there she is again, talking about her opening her own business or going back to school or having a child or getting over a disease or an ailment or losing a lot of weight and getting in shape, you know, sometimes these dreams that we have, they don't look very practical. But I wrote this book in faith that I could read it to my son one day and that he would know that even before he was born, because I asked for a son when I prayed, I asked for a boy. And I knew that when I got my son, when I got my boy, Even though it looked impossible, even though every time I introduced myself as Mother of Nations, (laughs) I looked foolish. I knew that God, the Creator, could not hear me constantly speaking out in faith, writing a book in faith, titling it Mother of Nations in faith, calling myself Mother of Nations,
2: my new name, in faith, and not answer me. And so Mother of Nations is
1: my new book, and it comes from Uttered Chaos Press. It's at Amazon, and I get to read it to my son, a poem from it every night.
0: Mm. Thank you for sharing that backstory with us. It's beautiful.
1: Well, someone needs to hear that. Someone needs to know that miracles happen, and they can happen to you, the creator's not stingy with miracles. He's not hoarding them somewhere in a box of miracles. He's ready to listen to you. And the thing you want, if it's a good thing, oh, he wants you to have it. Mm-hmm. Nobody's happier about my baby than God. And so yeah. God wants to answer your prayers. He wants to give you the desires of your heart. And so I just want everyone who gets a copy of this book, when you when you order this book off Amazon, Mother of Nations, and you put it in your hand, and you look at the cover photo, just beautiful
2: sure, sure, portrait. Sure.
1: Okay. You look at the little picture of me on the back and everything, just remember that if I can have a miracle, you can too.
0: Mm, love that. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, doctor, before we get out of here, I have one final question for you. I know you got to get back. You have, you're, literally, your hands are full. So. <laughs> yeah, right. That's right. Um, as yeah. I shared with you. wonderful way one quick question. So the, um, the theme, as I shared it with you for this season, season three of this podcast is women who are unapologetic. Mm. And I, I think you definitely are in your own graceful way. Um, mm. and I would just like to ask you what, what is your definition of being a woman who's unapologetic in the world?
1: I have a poem called queen of love in my new book, Mother of Nations, and I'm gonna read it to you right right quick because it's gonna define it. Please do. I decolonize myself by laughing. My soft tongue will break your bones. I bite apples of gold from settings of silver. Just 30 pieces will ransom our lives. Where 40 acres and a mule rule, my laughter is a salve that halves the steps of righteous men. Ordered, bordered by round dance songs, wrongs righted and set up right as my giggling heels. Hear me as you break your treaties, fear my happy bliss of hope. My smile is for a little space, grace, and my joy is a medicine
2: song. I love that. Well, thank you. I love that so much. (laughs)
0: you
1: don't have to be ugly to change the world. You don't have to be mean. You don't have to hurt people's feelings. You don't have to do any of that. You just have to be right.
0: Yeah. Love that so much. Thank you so much for reading that to us. I can't wait to pick up the book. It is definitely on my reading list for this year. um, So I will get it ordered and get it here as soon as possible. Um, How can our listeners connect with you?
1: Okay, well, the very best way to do that if you if you love as I do, social media, I'm on instagram, Don karima, k r i m a and positive uplifting content. I'm on Twitter, Don Karima, um, Facebook fan page, Don Karima, just click like ooh, and there I am. And the very best way, though, to have my encouragement and my love and all of that in your life all the time is a conversation with Don Karima which you can Google that. It'll come up on TalkTainment Radio, where free podcast 24-7. And you know what free means. No cost means no excuse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, you can hear it at any time. Also, my music, my music, The Stars of Heaven, which was nominated for an Indigenous Music Award and did win a Global Music Award. Um, the Desire of Nations, which won the Native American Music Award and was nominated uh, well, has won several other awards in addition to that, but it was also a winner of a global music award. Those are on iTunes, Amazon, wherever they sell music. So you can surround yourself in the music, the books, the show, the social media. And every time you do what I, my prayer is that you receive the same message every time you encounter me, which is that the creator loves you and therefore I do too.
0: Love it. Thank you so much for joining us for season three of the podcast. It's been my ultimate pleasure to have you as a guest. Thank
1: you so much. I love your show and your hospitality and I pray you'll always be blessed for being so kind to me.
0: Oh, thank you. You have no idea how much I appreciate you. All right, folks. So that is another episode of That's What She Did podcast season three, Honoring Women's History Month. Make sure you pick up the book. Check out Dr. Don Karima on her radio show podcast. Um, and just, she's holding space for you guys. She is. So check it out. It's a really great show. I was able to listen to it on a very long airplane ride and it was definitely uplifting and very positive and exactly what I needed at that moment and didn't even know it. So Mm -hmm. check it out. Until next time, we are a wrap. You guys get out there and be great. Catch up with you next time.